TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Vikings fans, get it off your chest and get it on the air. Your comments, questions, your thoughts. Tweet us at Score North or call 651-646-8255. This is Vikings Vent Line. Dalvin Cook. Into the end zone, another touchdown for Cook. His second rushing touchdown of the game, and that'll put him over 100 yards rushing in the game. I mean, I think when I look at this, the job of the offense is to move the ball efficiently. When I look at this offense, I think Mark Rippon, I think Trent Dilfer. You have to run the ball. You have to play good, solid defense. You can't throw it around every second and try and move the ball. Your job is to score points and move it efficiently. So I love the way that we look today. I love the way that we took care of the football. I want to hang up and listen. I want to say, Skull Vikings, let's go. Hour 2, weekday Viking vent line making its debut today. We'll be on 10 to noon every Monday. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. We want your participation. 651-646-8255. It's Zolgad Cunningham. Manny Hill now uh, producing. And Declan Goff uh, runs our stream, which you can see where, Danny Cunningham? You can find our stream on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. So you can watch us. You can watch I us. You can wait see then. I mean, we're both wearing hoodies today. It's a little I mean, chilly here in the Twin Cities. You're skinny, though. I'm, I am skinny, I yeah. should be skinnier. Declan's skinny. De- oh, Declan's, De- Declan's, Declan's skinny. too as he, skinny. As he continues to talk without having a microphone. He's too he, skinny. He just talks to himself. Now he gives us a thumbs up behind the camera. So again, 651-646-8255. Certainly encourage your participation via the phone lines if you have the opportunity to call us. But if you don't, you can tweet us as well. And uh, why don't you, Danny, tell us uh, what type of tweets we've been getting in the past hour about the Vikings. Yeah, at Score North on Twitter, at Jay Zolgad, at Real D Cunningham. Chad tweeted in, also the first defensive play with Barr blitzing and getting a sack felt like a big statement to open up the season. One of the things that frustrated him was defensive line jumping off sides a couple of times, which is a valid frustration to have. 11 penalties is a problem. Yes, that's, that's not a good thing. That's a big problem. Jody tweets in, at Jay Zolgad, at Real D Cunningham. What did you think of Anthony Harris on defense? He seemed like he was on fire. Uh, I think the upgrade from Sandejo to Harris now, who also played quite a bit in 2018, is significant. Yeah. And Harris and, and Harris and Smith, to me, seem to do, and Zimmer talked about this post game yesterday. They do a very good job of playing off each other. And Harrison Smith is such a smart player that basically, basically, if you, if I think if you get what he's doing as your, as the fellow safety, it can be a problem. Now, now the Barr comment I find intriguing because of this. When Barr was about to sign with the Jets, Danny, and then he didn't and came back here. And he came back here for a reduced price, but it still was not cheap. We all said, okay, what are you going to do, though? Yeah. Like, are you going to have him rush? He When he drops back into coverage, he is certainly not a mess. It's not like he's a bad player. He's a good player. So that's not a death knell. But if you're going to pay him... We've always said if he's pressuring the quarterback, he's really, really good. So I love the, the fact, and I think if you go back and watch that first play the Falcons had from scrimmage, Barr had Barr was had sort of dropped back a little bit and then came in. And I think the explanation was the left tackle for the Falcons was supposed to pick him up and completely didn't. But Anthony Barr should rush more. Absolutely. And, if, and there is no, I can't think of a compelling case to say no, he shouldn't. He does. I think it's a strength. And and guys like Harrison Smith and Barr to me 
if you give them freedom and have them do different things, that's what makes them so tough to play against. If the because they're not only really talented players and athletes, but they're matchup nightmares. And so if you say, okay, on this play you're going to drop into coverage, but on this play you're going to blitz, and on this play you're going to do that. That's where I think you absolutely maximize the value of a guy like Anthony Barr or Harrison Smith. Yeah, it's that's exactly what it is. And I would like to see Anthony Barr rush the passer more than we have seen in recent years because I think that that's what he is best at. While you do have to continue to do different things with him and keep him as that versatile linebacker that is so rare in today's NFL, when push comes to shove, that's still what he's best at. Yes, And that's still it's what I would like to see him do as often as, as we possibly can. Uh, another one of my favorite tweets comes from Chad, and this doesn't necessarily have to do with the Vikings a whole ton. But Corey Vedvik in New York with the Jets missed an extra point yesterday, missed a field goal yesterday. The Jets lost 17-16 to to the Buffalo Bills, and the Jets are going to be holding kicker tryouts tomorrow morning. What were the Jets doing? I don't why, know. Why, did you, why would you possibly pick up a guy who, who looked as bad as Corey did here? And I think the Vikings' contention at the time that they let him go in the cutdown to 53 a week ago Saturday, I think their thought was he's going to get through the uh, process, going to go through the waivers, and we're going to re-sign him Mm -hmm. to our practice squad, which is where he belongs. He was a mental mess by the time he left here. And it's so Jets. It's so Jets to say, oh, no, we'll go get him. And he cost you that game. Yes, absolutely he did. He cost you that game. That is the reason you lost the game, was because of your kicker. That's such a Jets thing. That's why there's there's about... How many teams are we at now in this league where it's just a predictability that they're going to shoot themselves in the foot at every chance? The Dolphins are doing it on purpose. Yeah. Masterfully, so by does the that, way. I don't think that counts, then. Okay. If you're doing it on but purpose, But we know that the Dolphins count. the yeah. Dolphins are trying to... They have essentially just cut their feet off. They're not shooting themselves yes, in the foot anymore. Care. They're just cutting their feet off. Jets, Raiders right now. Yes, 100%. The Raiders are a dumpster fire. But there's only a few teams. Mm-hmm. But when you go get Corey Vedvik and actually think, yeah, you know what? This might work. Big leg. No. Not a chance. Matt tweets in at Score North. Why did we dial it back defensively in terms of aggressiveness? We could have shut them out and made even more of a statement. And I think that that relates to something that Larry brought up is that in football, more so than any other sport, you kind of call the game according to what's already happened, according to the score. When you're up 28 to nothing, you really don't have that much of a reason to be super aggressive on defense because you, you set yourself up when you are aggressive. It's not only that good things can happen, but there's a, a little bit higher propensity for bad things to happen, too. So I think that they wanted to dial things back. They wanted to be more conservative because they had the game in hand. There was no reason for them to be super aggressive moving forward. They, they just didn't need to do it. Mark Fields played. Yeah. Which, by the way, we can't sit here and say, you got to get Dalvin Cook out and then say, but you should have shut them out. If you're going to give up 12 points and you're up by 28 points, and you give up 12, but the trade-off is I get starters out, I'm going to take the starters out every time. Can you imagine how stupid you look if Xavier Rhodes does blow out his knee or if Trey Waynes, you know, twist his ankle or something? I get the, I get the desire to uh, shut the Falcons out, but, hey, if i got to put in Mark Fields to protect my team... I'm putting in Mark Fields. Yeah. You, it's not even close to me. No, 100%. I don't care. That's, that's At that what, point, I that's don't care. That's the right move. That's what it should be. 
question on uh, game theory for you. Can you give me the reason why um, down 28 rip, you score a touchdown and go for two? Why, why wouldn't you just make it 28-7? I don't have a good answer there because even if you score three touchdowns, go for two and get it every time, it's still 28-24. to 24. You're still down by right. more than a field goal. I couldn't figure so that out. I don't have a good reason for you. I That doesn't make sense for me. I just I have no explanation for that, Judd. I really don't. It was it was very weird. Yeah, it was strange. I mean, I didn't care, and the game was done. So per- perhaps it, it was just an attempt to go for two to practice it. I don't know, but I thought to myself, okay, just kick the field goal. Yeah, why? And oh, by the way, Dan Quinn, you are on notice. Yeah. Oh, he is on the hot seat. You are on. You are on notice. Doug Marone, same thing in Jacksonville. The only guy, the only guy who got waxed on Sunday, who's not Dolphins coach. Yes, he's going to get a bouquet are we, of flowers. Are we sure in Jacksonville a, though, with Nick Foles getting hurt, they that just, they just is, traded for my guy Josh Dobbs. By yes, the they way. did. They gave up a fifth round pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers for that. Are we sure Doug Moore needs to be on notice that he's on notice because yeah, because his, his defense is de- yeah, but it, it, he's fair. I guess see that defense play better. That defense and was supposed to be good. Miles Jack can't be getting ejected the way he did in the second quarter. But Dan Quinn, your team basically showed up and said, oh, this is tough. See you later. Which, by the way, in week 14, I'd be like, oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. In week one? In week one, you shrink like that? It's not how it should be. That's on coaching, too, that, right that's there. That's big on coaching. He got out coached. Another, more? another tweet at Score North. JJ said, in response to our, our poll that we put up at Score North on Twitter, I would have said defense if it weren't for the multiple neutral zone infractions on third down. That's the part Zim will be focusing on. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, he was not happy. Nor should he have been. Those are he was things not happy that, about that. It didn't cost you yesterday because you gave yourself such a, a large cushion. But when you're up 21-17 and you have a third and four and a neutral zone infraction on, on your fault happens, and then they get another first down, you lose a game because something like that happens. That's very possibly something that could happen. And That's you're something in your that stadium. needs to be cleaned up. You're Especially in your, you're in your, in your, your stadium. stadium. Yes. If you go to a dome, Atlanta. And it's loud. I sort of get it. No, I wouldn't even but get it then because if the offense is on the field on the road, it's quiet. Well, the fans too, aren't yeah. crazy. There is no yeah. excuse oh, by ever the way, for neutral zone infractions for, point. for that. By the way, too. All right. I know the game's a blowout, so so it's not a huge deal. But may I suggest, and I don't like this, but go ahead and do it, your fans. That's cool. If you're going to do the wave, <laughs> do it when the opposing team is on offense. The Vikings were trying to run their offense yesterday, and they were doing the wave and going crazy. I'm like, I don't think this is how football's supposed to work, folks. Or just don't do the wave. The wave well, is I'm, stupid. Thank I you. agree with both of you guys, but I'm trying to defer here and say if you want to do the wave, I think you should wait until the opposing team is in possession of the ball and then go crazy and do the wave And what I if learned, you must. What I learned many years ago, too, Judd, is that fans, at least Vikings fans, don't discriminate game situation for the wave either, because I was at the game, it was when McNabb was here, 2011, Leslie's first years, mm-hmm. four years head coach. They were playing the Buccaneers at the Dome. I was at the game. The Vikings were holding on to a three-point lead in the fourth quarter, and fans were doing the wave. I hate the wave. The wave it's is so, dumb. I don't like it's the so wave either. Sir, it it serves no purpose. But let's use it to your advantage. Yes. <laughs> which is, you know, next home game, opposing quarterback has the ball. If you got to do the wave... Do it then. Got some more? Uh, that's all for now. If you want to refresh our Twitter inbox, you can hit us up at Score North. 
at Jay Zolgat at Real D Cunningham, and we will certainly get to them by the end of the show. But uh, we have emptied the inbox for the moment. All right, and the, and the show is uh, Vikings Ventline Weekday Edition. We're on until noon. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. If you would like to join the program, get your thoughts uh, off your chest, 651-646-8255, 651-646-8255. You, Danny Cunningham, presented a question to me before the show that I found intriguing. It was this. And we'll start with you. Do you think of the NFC North differently now after what we saw from the games in Week 1? So I think that the Vikings are a little bit better than I expected them to be. I think that they're a little bit better there. I think that the Bears' offense didn't take the step forward I thought it might. Now, I was never a believer in in their quarterback situation. And I think Green Bay's defense is better than I thought it would be, too. I think that this division is wide open. I'm not saying that it's the Vikings necessarily to lose. But it's the Vikings to win. It's up for grabs for them. And I can say the same thing about Green Bay. And I can say the same thing about Chicago. I think that this is a three-team race. What surprised you uh, about each team? Well, for, forget Detroit, because they're Detroit. It surprised what me surprised that they found you? a way to blow a lead to a yeah. quarterback in his first ever start. You know what, though? It didn't to me. They're undisciplined. Their defensive personnel is going to be good. They're the Lions. Patricia should be fired. How so, funny was it seeing him coach from behind the bench? Oh, I, I didn't see that because he's, I, I was uh, he's on the press box right, right now. He has a problem with his foot or his leg or something. Manny, maybe you know what's wrong with him. I, I can't I was, remember. I was wondering about that myself. I saw him kind of limping. So like a hockey with coach? A, with a crutch. He, kind of. He's kind, Doing he's line on changes? A, he, kind of. He's on crutches behind yeah. the bench because he, he can't get hit, and apparently he doesn't want to be up in the press box either. But, yeah, it, it sure was— players uh, would love to hit him. It was, str- <laughs> it was strange to see that happen in the NFL. He did trim his beard down. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's not it, going to make any it's, difference. It's for him, all but. it's all a bad act. So what from week one, Danny? What surprised you about Packers, Bears, Vikings? The the thing I was most surprised about with the Packers is the mood Aaron Rodgers seemed to be in, and how good I think that that defense not only is but can be because they're going to get better as things roll along. I think that's a defense that's going to be a top ten defense in the NFL. I certainly didn't expect that. I thought they'd be a middle-of-the-pack defense, but they're better than that, and that's something that should worry you. And it's about time, too. Yes. I was surprised at the with the Bears just how good that defense is because they are really unbelievably good. Like I thought they would take a little bit of a step back, and I still don't think that they're going to score as many defensive points as they did last year. That's just, they're due for regression there, and there's nothing that you can really do to control that. But I think that they are just every bit as good as they were last year on the defensive end of the ball. But Mitch Trubisky just has not taken that step forward. He is Christian Ponder 2.0, and until I see otherwise, that's what I'm going to be calling him. All right, so my... my uh Slight surprise about the Vikings was that I didn't know, especially after the week, uh, the week three preseason debacle here, when Cousins and the first team offense played the first half against the Cardinals and looked so bad. I didn't know how long it might take for Kubiak's offense to have have the impact that we thought that that we would see eventually. And I think we saw it. Now we didn't see the whole thing, but I think we saw it pretty quickly on Sunday, and it ran pretty smoothly. And the Dalvin Cook. Dynamic, which I thought might take some time, really didn't. Yeah, which, which is great. And also, 2016 and 18, the different the difference offensively to me, Vikings 2016 and 18, 17 and 19 is this: your offensive line personnel does not have to be fantastic. It has to be in the right scheme and able to work together. Last year, they were essentially calling for a group of people that weren't that good to do things they couldn't really do. Yeah. Yesterday we saw, and and we saw this with Shermer, 
uh, during the 13 and 3 2017 season as well, Danny. That wasn't a great line either, but mm-hmm. they were called on to do the right things in the right scheme. Yeah. And and football-wise, I think that's a huge step. So I don't suddenly think that this Vikings offensive line is going to be great, but what I do think is that they are they are in a scheme that's wise, which is going to to make a difference and when you have a talent like Dalvin Cook behind that line who can Make some moves that just boggle my mind. He moves like he's five foot seven. Yeah, he's unbelievable. His, his ability to make quick cuts and because he's not a small man. No, he's not, not at a all. little. He's not a little. You you would not look at Delvin standing in the locker room and say there is a small shiftier back. You'd say, oh no, he's a pretty good sized back. But and Peterson. So Peterson's thing was, I will run over you. I will literally, if I need to, I will carry you. Dalvin Cook's thing is, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to move sideways, you make this cut, me. and I'm gone. You can't touch me. Exactly right. Uh, the Bears thing that I am not going to be surprised uh, to, to the point that, that you said about their defense and Trubisky, the offense, the one thing that I think could bring down the Bears very quickly and Vikings fans should hope for very much so, infighting. Yeah, I can you, see You that. know as well as I do because I've seen this. Mm-hmm. And anyone who says this does not happen is full of BS. If the defense is that good and they carry their weight and that offense can't function, it takes about a month before guys are like, what the bleep are you doing? And if Trubisky stinks, if you're right there, it's going to happen quickly. And Because Khalil Mack ain't going to sit there and say, oh, this is great. Mitch is learning. He's going to say, wait, wait, wait. I'm a veteran here. I didn't come here for this. Judd, I've been a part of teams like that. I, I played on a team in college where we scored. It's fun to watch, by the way. We scored 35 points a game. And we went four and seven because our defense gave up almost fifty points per game. And how quickly did you turn on them? It there were a lot of practices that were not fun. There were a lot of contentious moments in the locker room. Yep, and that happens it at every level. Yep, and I think that that has a good chance if that Bears offense spends let's say two more weeks operating like it did on Thursday against what I think is a good defense, but that's not a great defense. There's no way that's a no, great defense, no, right? No, by no stretch of the imagination. Okay, so if we get two more weeks to a month of that, we're going to get guys basically starting to say, what's going on here? Yeah. And then, and then the best part, if you're a Vikings fan, what you should really hope for is total chaos because they'll go after Trubisky, at least privately, and Nagy. Yep, because they'll say you're our head coach. You're an offensive mind. We're doing everything right. You're you're an offensive mind, mm-hmm. Matt. So six five one six four six eight two five five six five one six four six eight two five five. The show is Vikings Ventline. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. If you would like to chime in with your thoughts about Sunday's game, heck, if you would like to chime in with your thoughts about Vikings Packers, will the Bears be complete chaos? Six five one six four six eight two five five. Viking Ventline. Back after this. <laughs> We won! This is Victory Monday on Score North. Second down and 12 for protection. And there is Thielen. He is into the end zone. And there it is indeed. Cousins over the top for the rushing touchdown. And the Minnesota Vikings in the first half have rushed for over 120 yards. That's right. Vikings uh, beat the Falcons very convincingly on Sunday. The show is Vikings Ventline. If you're saying, uh, I thought Vikings Ventline was only on Sundays after games. That is true. It is on Sundays after games. 
but is now on Mondays 10 to noon at Danny Cunningham, and it will be on uh, Tuesdays from 11 to noon throughout the course of the season. This show is about you as well, the listener. Uh, 651-646-8255. Your calls at any point during the show are welcome. If you want to chime in on how the Vikings looked, if you want to chime in on a Sunday's upcoming game against the Packers, and uh, we also, of course, want uh, people to uh, contact us via Twitter. And Dan Cunningham, you just threw out a question on Twitter. Why don't you give us that question and what the reactions are? Yeah, curious what everyone's biggest takeaway from week one in the NFC North is. We have a, a couple of different responses so far that the Lions are going to Lions. Uh, John tweets yeah. in at Score North, at Real D Cunningham, at Jay Zolgad. The Bears are not who we thought they were. The Lions are still the Lions. So I, I think that that's a, a common thread. Is there think- anybody that doesn't believe deep in their hearts that with Patricia there, the Lions won't lion? No, I I don't think that was a surprise to anybody. I that mean, they were up. I saw that score, and I thought to myself, they're the Lions. I have no faith that they keep. And it's Arizona. Arizona's, I don't think, going to be good. I, I like the quarterback. But, you know, I saw that score. What was it? 17-zip at one point, and I yeah. thought, they're going to blow it. They're the Lions. Yep, and that's exactly what they did. How good is Larry Fitz still, though? He's just a consummate pro. Yes, that's, Unbelievable, that's exactly man. what he is. And Kyler Murray, if you watch him, and, and this observation comes from a very small sample size when he played in that third preseason game a couple weeks ago against the Vikings, he's got some Russell Wilson to him. Like, he's got the ability. Some guys have that, and some guys don't. And the only thing I can draw a parallel with is sort of like a point guard at basketball, just a feel for things. He's got a feel for things. I think he's going to be very good. I do, too. I think he's going to be, at the very least, right now, he won't be very good. But he's going oh, to be sure. very exciting, which is And I have only one fun, question. Fun for me. You are going to play baseball? I love baseball, but dude, you know how <laughs> few good court... There's a lot of good baseball players. I'm not saying there's a lot of great ones. There's a lot of good baseball players. You've got the ability to be a quarterback. How many really good quarterbacks are, are there in the country, in the world? Sure. It's, it's all it's all about whether or not you want to get hit, whether or not you want to take a pounding, whether or not you want to put your body on the line. Because look what we look need at, you to though. Look As at, a sports fan, I need you to. I don't. Your health is not of my concern. Watching you play is. Look at Jeff Samarja from Notre Dame, now pitcher for the San Francisco yeah, Giants. He right. was an All American in college at Notre Dame at wide receiver, but he's a wide receiver. But then, still, then pick baseball. But still, then I don't. No, he, he made more money playing baseball in the long run than sure. he ever would have playing football. But selfishly, I want you to play. If you can play, I don't. If you are a defense player in football or a tight end, receiver, running back, and you play baseball, I don't care. Go play baseball. But the very few of you who are potentially really good quarterbacks, I mm-hmm. want you playing quarterback. Yeah. Another tweet in at Score North at Jay Zolgat at Real D Cunningham. Why do you guys think Chicago has the best defense in the NFC North? Just because of Cleo Mack? They have a different coordinator now, so it's not like they were going to be exactly like they were last year. I would say the Vikings defense looked like they would be the best in the division. I don't know yet, by the way. Sure. I, I like I what what I'm what I'm saying, I guess, in a uh backhanded way is this. Green Bay's defense, to me, looks like it might be much improved, but in no way am I trying to put them in the conversation with Chicago or the Vikings. No. That was my point. No, I'm, Chica- I, I think the Vikings might be number, The Vikings might be the best. I don't know. Sure. But Chicago and the Vikings have defenses that I think are fantastic. The Packers look improved, but in no way am I trying to say you now have three great defense. I think you have two great defenses in the division, mm-hmm. and I think you have a defense that's much improved. And in Detroit, I think you've got a team that's got very nice defensive personnel. 
and, and a guy who can coach that position group. But unfortunately for him, he's the head coach and he stinks at the rest of life. I would still put Chicago at number one because until it's proven sure. otherwise, I'm not that. unseating them. And But the Vikings have an opportunity to be that. Mm-hmm. And the Bears defense is not just good just because of Khalil Mack. Akeem Hicks is a monster. Yeah. He he is Roquan, is Smith. Roquan Smith. Really good, really good football player. Leonard Floyd, really good player. I mean, that that defense is loaded. It's I mean, Khalil Mack is the star. He's the headliner, but that that defense is loaded but with talent. Those two defenses are fantastic. And after that, I think Green Bay is better. But I do not want to insinuate or come out and say that they're anywhere near what the Vikings and Bears have. JJ tweets in at Real D Cunningham at Score North at Jay Zolgad. Packers defense is better than I expected, but shouldn't be a threat to win the division or any playoff games if they get that far. I don't know that I can agree with that. I think that the Packers have the best quarterback in the division. That's what I was going to say. They've this got is not a, all about a, one side of the football. No, 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 right. no. If, if it were only defense, sure. But they've got probably the best quarterback on the planet at the end of the day. At least in my opinion right now, Aaron Rodgers is, is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play. And to say that they don't have a chance to win the division, I think, is really short-sighted. Well, yeah, let's, in fairness, uh, j- just as we did with defenses, let's rank the quarterbacks in the division right now. Rodgers is 1, 1A, 1B, 1C. Mm-hmm. Cousins is a distant second. I think right now, sure. Stafford's third, and Stafford's weird because if he gets, if he gets the proper protection, I think he can be good. I think if he gets the proper protection, he's second. Okay, but let's just say we're, right now, Cousins is a distant second to Aaron. Mm-hmm. Stafford's a close third to Cousins. Yes, and you're right; they could flip flop, and Trubisky is 18th. Yes, behind but, Tim Boyle. But the Packers are not. No, and uh, Kyle Slaughter. I don't want people to get confused here. I'm not saying. That the Packers' defense is going to make them a great team. No. Why Aaron Rodgers was so happy after Thursday's game was he realized, oh my God, I'm finally going to have a chance. I don't have to and do everything. He, and if he has that chance, folks, the Packers become dangerous. Mm-hmm. So this all goes hand in hand. This is not a, well, the Packers' defense is good now, and so the Packers are, no, no, no. This is, no, the Packers have a quarterback who, if he has a defense that can support him, now Green Bay is a real threat to you. And it's not even about the Packers' defense being good, which I do think they are. I think they are a good defense. But what they are even more so than that is good enough. They are yeah. a good enough defense for Aaron Rodgers. They don't need to be a great defense. They need to be good enough, and I firmly think that they are that. Exactly. Uh, 651-646-8255. The show is Vikings Ventline. We are on until noon. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 as well. And in fact, uh, Tuesday through Friday, Vikings Ventline with Zolgad and Cunningham will run from 11 to noon. On Mondays, it will go from 10 to 12. Let's play a little game, Danny Cunningham. Let's do it. This game is called Explain This. And so we're, we're going to throw out things. Well, let's explain the game. And we're going to... It, we're going to throw out things that we want the other t- uh, to explain. And guess what? If you'd like to participate, you can. 651-646-8255. Because I need some help on this one. Yesterday, Zim became the first. In fact, he did not have. I, I've long assumed that Vikings opponents are going to uh, challenge uh, potential PI calls against them. But Zimmer challenged a, a pass interference call on Trey Wayne's. Now, it's interesting. Trey Waynes was called for two things, I believe. Illegal use of hands and a P.I. The Falcons declined the first, took the second, which put the ball at the Falcons, too. Now, 
Ryan eventually threw a pick off of that, so it didn't end up costing the Vikings points. But before that, Zimmer challenged the call, hoping that they would erase the the PI call, go to the illegal use of hands call, which I believe is a five-yard infraction. Correct. Uh, I asked Mike about it after the game, and he basically said, I was looking at the scoreboard. Unfortunately, Fox, because it was not an A game at all, had few cameras there. And so they didn't have the same view as I had. I would say this. Mike, if it's not a blatantly obvious blown call, don't do it. Don't lose a challenge. I don't think they're going to ever look at a ticky-tack PI and say, oh, we're going to change that. I would like to explain that by saying it is week one. I don't think that the officials, I don't think that the coaches, I don't think that the players have a firm grasp on how this is going to be handled in reviews. I think that Zim thought he could get one. I think he, he thought he could get one. It's at a point in the game where you didn't necessarily, you were you could take that gamble. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm going to explain it. I, I don't know that he necessarily expected it to be overturned, but he thought that there was a chance. And if there's a chance there, go for it. That's my explanation. Now, I'm going to ask you to explain this because right after that, the Vikings got an interception. What was Matt Ryan trying to do on that throw? Because I have no idea. I need an explanation, Judd. All right. I will try. In fact, who who did that throw? The throw went to the tight end, right? Yes, I believe it was Austin Hooper. Okay, Austin Austin Hooper. That sounds that sounds correct. Austin Hooper, number 81. Let's see what his height and weight is. Austin Hooper. I've got my flip card in front of me from yesterday. 6'4", 254. I think he threw the ball thinking to himself, if nothing else, my big burly tight end can break the play up. So sure. he's either going to catch the ball. Now, the pass was terrible, and I'm with you. Inexplicable. But the only thing that I think could have been in the back of Matt Ryan's mind at the point of the ball being released from his hand was, worst case, it gets broken up. Mm-hmm. It didn't come close. Harris picked it. Good for him. Great game. Um, but as I watched that, I thought the same exact thing. I thought, why are you throwing such a low percentage pass? And now on the play before that, they also, the Falcons also did the thing that against the Vikings can drive me crazy. You're at the two and you run up the gut. The Vikings are ordinarily going to stop you. Yeah. Now from the one, if you flare the ball over the goal line, you're fine. That's fine. But if you're at the two, you're far enough away that I say to myself, that's really the play call. Why not try and dump it off to a running back? Mm-hmm. Why not try and pass the ball? I get the pass, but I can't explain that one. Yeah. And and the only thing that I can think of is Matt thought that the matchup of tight end on safety, my tight end can actually break the pass up. Another one for you. And you're a kid, so you can explain this one. Here we go. Kirk Cousins touchdown. Oh, I can't explain this In one. In fact, hold on a second here. <laughs> hold on a second here, because I, I think I can find it. There it is indeed. Cousins over the top for the rushing touchdown. And the Minnesota Vikings in the first half have rushed for over 120 yards. And uh, you both can help me on this question. Now, Kirk postgame claimed that the little, is jig the right word for it? Sure. It's not really a dance because you got to do more than that. It wasn't a good dance. Was a no. was some type of ode to his old pal and for, and former Vikings guard Tom Compton. Um, what was that, Judd? I have no idea what that was. 
Like I this is no why clue. I don't. This is why I don't dance. Like that camera right now, you'll never see me dancing. Like I won't get done with the segment. And be like that was a really good segment, and then start shaking. You're just dancing right now. No, but it's the like camera. I, the camera just saw you. I, but I didn't really dance because I didn't get done. But can you explain that to me? I don't have an explanation. That was terrible. Um, if I do want to criticize the Vikings, they need better touchdown celebrations. We saw a couple good ones last year, but they need better than that. That was not an A performance out of Kirk Cousins and his touchdown celebrations. If you're getting paid $84 million guaranteed, I need more creativity in the end zone. I'm sorry, I just do. That's unacceptable. If you're going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you need to be better. You know what, Kirk? Plain and simple. You you if you run into the end zone for a touchdown, just just spike the ball and move on. That's what I was going to say. I don't need to cre- spike, spike the ball. And move you know on. what? I agree with Manny on this. Some people just aren't meant to be creative. Actually, and Kirk, give the ball to somebody else. Yeah, and let them do something. Give it to a give it to a big burly lineman who just blocked for you. Perhaps that guy's got some okay. moves. Give it to Dalvin Cook. Give it to somebody, Kirk. We don't need you. You see, if I was to meet, if I was, if I was uh, Clint Kubiak today, position coach for Kirk Cousins, I would sit down with Kirk and explain a few things. One, I would play this and say, Kirk, we need to talk about this comment. I, I think every game calls for something different. Uh, don't be surprised if we have to win a game 52 to 51 this year. Coach Zimmer wouldn't be very happy about that, but uh, every week is different. And I think you look around the league today and you see how wacky the scores can be and the results can be, and you realize that. Uh, every game is its own entity, and you have to go play what the game calls for. Um, so it's very important that you understand what kind of game we had to play today to win, and that's what we played. Mondays are about corrections, gentlemen. They're about making corrections. Number one, Kirk, we're going to correct that. We will never play on purpose. We will never put you in a position. We would never, ever think of asking you to win a game with 50-plus points. You are here to manage football games, and if you do, we're going to win. So Correction one is, I never want to hear you talk about the 50s again. The the next time you talk about the 50s, I want it to be the Cousins Thanksgiving football game played in a park. And you'll be 45. Okay, that's number one. Number two is, when you score a touchdown, give the ball to somebody else and let them dance. Did you did you guys see Chris Long's uh, tweet after the uh, Cousins dance. No, he just he retweeted though because the Vikings tweeted it out the replay of Cousins doing whatever the hell he was doing, and Longer just <laughs> retweeted it and said, "This is a correctable mistake." Yeah, it a, is. And Mondays is and Mondays is a day of corrections. Yes, Mondays is a day of corrections. I'm correcting two things. One, I never want to ever hear you mention the fifties again, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. And in fact, I would rather have you throw ten passes per week than you ever talk about that. That Rams game in week four last year, by the way, in which Cousins statistically, I think, was impressive. Mm-hmm. Never want to see it again. Sure. Everyone have to see that again. If I have to see that again, you, you're in trouble. Second thing is you take the pigskin after you cross the goal line. You hand it to a teammate and you say, you celebrate this for me. And in fact, it's a selfless moment in which I am leading. I am a leader then. Because then you're saying, oh my gosh, Kirk Cousins is telling me to celebrate? And he scored the touchdown? I am. Sh-. But secretly what I'm doing is never ever shimmying or shaking or trying to be Elvis again. You're protecting yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're actually being selfish, but it looks selfless. That's a heady play. Also protecting our eyes as well. Oh my God. Yeah, that's vision. fair. Correctable mistake. There's, yeah. there's no question about that. So Judd, I want to ask you about another questionable questionable thing that happened probably a correctable mistake Jesus, it's, actually what's that it's it's another explain this okay well guess what we'll come back with it 
Let's do it. After this on Viking Ventline. Share your thoughts about the purple Vikings. This is Vikings Ventline. Tweet us at Score North or call 651-646-8255. All right, it is Score North download time. We got one final segment of uh, Vikings weekday vent line coming up here in just a moment. But uh, we've got a reminder that the Score North first place twin show coming up at the top of the hour. Lots to get to there with uh, Michael Pineda being suspended for 60 games by Major League Baseball for a, uh, illegal substance usage. And uh, Derek Wetmore and one Patrick Royce will be breaking all of that down and uh, for uh, two hours until uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon. So stay tuned for that. And that is your Score North download. Now back for one final segment of Vikings Vent Line. Second down and 10. And this is the third big carry of the game and this one to the end zone for Dalvin Cook. That's right, Vikings Ventline TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, if you'd like to join us, there's still plenty of time left. 651-646-8255. All right, Danny, explain this. Give me yours. Explain why the Vikings were in the neutral zone all the time it felt like yesterday afternoon. It felt like they lived in the, in the neutral zone on third down. They could not help themselves. They had 11 penalties, 100 yards. Do you know the excitement explain, of opening day? Explain to me why that team, despite winning 28-12, to was so undisciplined. Well, first of all, I don't know if they were off the charts undisciplined. They were undisciplined. The second thing is, I think that's the thing now, is try, is trying to guess the snap count, right? I think that's the thing, is trying to... The, the difference in getting to the quarterback in this league and not now is probably such a fine line that it does seem like when, when you watch games around the league that there is an anticipatory process that goes on or among some pretty good D lines that can create problems, but they're going to have to, they're going to clean that up because if they don't, it's a problem. You can't, in fact, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Was it two or three times where the Falcons had third downs and the Vikings jumped and, and were in the neutral zone and gave them first down. So it was at least twice. I want to say real, it was three, but I'm not positive. And in a real game, in a close game, that'll kill you. You it can't matters. you cannot give first downs away like that. But if it was three times and I remember two off the top of my head, that's too many. Mm-hmm. That's that's inexcusable. I expected to see better discipline out of this team. And that was the one thing that I wrote down that I was disappointed in after after watching yesterday's game. Do you know what I did like though? What'd you like? I like the fact, now there were no field goals attempted, so fate was not tempted. But I do like the fact that after all we went through in training camp, Corey Vedvik and poor Matt Weil and all of that, that ultimately, I will say this, I think they got it right. Now the Vedvik thing is still an inexcusable blunder. You gave up a fifth-round pick for a guy that's now costing the Jets games. But um, Colquitt, I think, I think he got it right finally. I think you got two 30-plus-year-old guys who Zim can yell and complain and get mad about, and they ain't going to care. Colquitt strikes me. I I actually went uh, to TCL last week and talked to him for a while. As a cool customer, he ain't going to get phased. I love this. Yeah. The holder holder and punter and kicker are going to say, let the head coach yell and scream. We don't care. Here's the deal, though, Judd. That's where I still look at Trader Rick, though, and say, Okay, you fixed it. Now leave it alone. 
But they'll leave for, it alone for, for, for 2020. Six. Leave it alone. Oh, you, you know what? I'm thinking about 19. I'm just thinking about sure. 15 yeah. games left. Let's not screw around. Let's not. In, in fact, Rick, I don't even want you to look at the waiver wire when it comes to specialists. Like, you're not allowed. Right. But what I'm you're saying not. is. We're turning off that part of the wire, Rick. But what I'm saying is next April, if this continues to go well with Colquitt and, I, and Bailey. I can't next guarantee April, this, Rick, leave it alone. Don't, don't, I don't care what kicker that's coming out of South Carolina or something that can kick a 65 yard field goal. Don't trade up in the fifth round to take them. You're good. Leave your kickers and your punters no, alone. No, you know what, don't. Uh, but let's, he won't. Let, let's just get through 19. And, and But it's not just Rick. It's Mike as well. Yeah. It's Mike. But you know what? You blocked a punt. Right? You blocked a punt. So start in, in the right direction. The best in the league, and there's a blocked punt. And Minnesota covers it up. It looked like Eric Wilson, the linebacker out of Cincinnati, came charging in to get it. Eric, sneaky special teams guy, too. He's very good. All right, in our uh, remaining time here on our first uh, maiden voyage of Viking Ventline, Danny Cunningham, why don't we get back to the Twitter question that you put out and the answers? Yeah, so I put out on Twitter at Real D Cunningham, what's your biggest takeaway from the NFC North after week one? Craig tweets in at Real D Cunningham at Jay Zolget at Score North. All four teams are capable of winning any week, and every game is going to matter for them if they want to win the division. I'm not sure I believe all four teams are capable of winning every week, but I certainly believe that three of them are. I would agree with that. I can't go there on Detroit. I, I'm no. sorry. I I know we're supposed to take everybody seriously, and I just can't do it on Detroit. I I can't. There's no reason to. If they change coaches, maybe because I do think that they have some nice personnel, and I do think that the guys on their defense is a pretty good collection. I can't do it. Matt tweets in: Green Bay and Chicago were both rusty. Vikings looked pretty spry. Hoping Green Bay stays that way this week. If the Vikings can get pressure on Aaron Rodgers like Chicago did, we can take a road win versus the Packers and help our division standings tremendously. How much does this game on <laughs> Sunday at Lambeau matter in the long run? Because the Vikings have a relatively tough schedule early on with at least two very important games on the horizon. I think it matters in how it looks. If that makes sense. Okay. I think your defense need, needs to play well. Go on the road, and and you're you're probably not going to shut that offense down. But go on the road. Give me another impressive, close to dominant performance. And more importantly, though, I want to see your offense because mm-hmm. last year in Week Two, Cousins had to bring you back, and that that was one of Cousins' great games. The, the touchdown to Thielen is the best throw I've ever seen Kirk Cousins make. And right now, I'd like to say. Kirk, I'd like to see you make a, uh, let's say, three nice throws, but I have no interest in seeing you have to bring us back. Yeah, that's fair. If that makes sense. Yes. And I'm dead serious about this. Game manager became, at some point in time, a curse word, and I don't get why. He should be a game manager. Game managers have won Super Bowls. And if he wins, I don't care how much he's making. I honestly don't. I don't. Nor should anybody. So I'm not going to sit here and pound the table and say, but he's making $28 million a year. If you have to rely on him to have a great statistical year, your record is not going to be what you want. I want to see you go into Green Bay, play really good defense, play efficient Kubiak offense. But the star, listen, the star of this offensive show has two people behind it. Mm-hmm. If you were to have a marquee, and it would not be come see Kirk Cousins. Got Delvin Cook and Gary Kubiak. Yep. That's the star of this and that's, offense. That's your marquee. That's the way Zim wants it, too. I know. That's exactly what Zim wants. And But I'm with him on this. Yeah. It's hard to disagree right now. 
Really got, hard to disagree after yesterday. Got one uh, Katie tweets in, I could see the Vikings, Bears, and Packers all going 11-5 and five this season after week one. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I, Not all of them. How how does the math work for all five teams I've to got get the Vi- to 11 and 5? Detroit can't win a game. I've got the Vikings. Yeah, exactly. And I've got the Vikings on 10 wins, and I'm staying there. I don't. The win yesterday is impressive. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to denigrate that win. But when you are as bad as the Falcons were, I'm genuinely surprised. Yeah. I thought that it would be a close game. And I thought the Falcons, because the Falcons are weird. Falcons go up, Falcons go down, Falcons go up. Um, that performance, though, I I need to see a month before. And, and and also, this goes back to my my week one contention, which is it's really hard to put a ton of stock in week one. September as a whole, I think, is yeah. your is your contention. Yes. There is everything in September needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Correct. And then one more tweet before we get out of here. Uh, Professor Pigskin tweets in. Oh, I like that. If Minnesota beats Green Bay next week, you can hand them the division title. After two games? After two games. Prof Pig. Professor Pigskin. He's ready to crown him. What type of professor are you? He's ready to crown him. Okay, Professor. I I urge you to go back and look at the Houston Texans 2018. I believe they were 0-4. If you want to crown him. But you know what? We appreciate Professor Pigskin for chiming in and everyone else who did. This is uh, Vikings Ventline. We're on now on weekdays, Mondays, 10 to noon, 11 to noon on Tuesday through Friday. We are open for business at 651-646-8255 each day during those times. The Twin Show is next. Patrick Royce in with Derek Wetmore. We'll talk to you later.